mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, federal student loan payments are set to restart as soon as next week. As the pandemic-induced moratorium ends, a new CNET money study finds uncertainty and anxiety that could put many borrowers at risk of financial scams. Also this morning, for all the good that AI can do, it is also giving hackers and scam artists a massive boost in the ways they can pull off their schemes. I'll tell you how to recognize and prevent them. In case you missed it, the third annual Pizza Lollapalooza to benefit Cancer Patient Services is coming up this weekend. We have details. And it's time to welcome Autumn with October programs and events from the Hancock Park District. Michelle Rumschlag will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, September 26, 2023. So the president walking the picket line with the striking auto workers uh, is a first. That is one of the big things people will be uh, talking about today. And uh, speaking of work stoppages, um, <laughs> apparently the entire government is going to shut down at the end of the uh, end of the week when the fiscal year ends. We roll over into the month of October and uh, the government no longer has uh, money to operate. Well, they've got the money. They just don't have the budget or the allocation of funds and so on it is looking less and less likely uh like there will be a continuing resolution or any sort of short-term stopgap measure to uh fund the government so (laughs) the the president walking the picket line with uh auto workers who are off the job is kind of symbolic in that (laughs) that respect because uh the government's going to be uh shut down as well um but uh anyway i this is one of those times when i would hate to be Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Um, Because really, this all has to do with the wrangling in the House over a short-term continuing resolution. I think they could probably get it done in the Senate, and the President would sign it, and all of that. But the the House, the hardline uh, Republicans are uh, preventing that from happening. And, uh, you know, this is... that's one of the tough things about you could not pay me enough to be Speaker of the House in this kind of a situation with uh, Kevin McCarthy. One of the things um, he's going to have to, at some point, step up and recognize that uh, he is the Speaker of the House, not just House Republicans. I mean, I know it's a partisan job and everything is partisan in uh, Washington. And if he reaches across the aisle and tries to broker some sort of deal to get a measure to avoid a government shutdown, those on the far right are going to throw a fit. But uh, it really puts uh, the speaker in a pickle with his government shutdown thing. So that's another of uh, the uh, stories we're watching. Some of the, but the, and the most bizarre political story uh, of the day, and I don't know if you heard about this, apparently they have come to an agreement And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and California Governor Gavin Newsom will debate at the end of next month. They will have a debate. Apparently, the two governors will debate in person November 30th in Georgia. And it will air on uh, Sean Hannity's show on Fox News in his regular uh, 9 p.m. time slot. It would be a 90-minute debate, hour-and-a-half-long show. Uh, in the 9 o'clock p.m. slot of uh, Sean Hannity's show on Fox News. So I, this is the most bizarre thing to me. 
Uh, and this is the story. This is how Politico reported it. Following months of taunting challenges between California Governor Gavin Newsom and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over a head-to-head debate, a, deba- a date has officially been set. The two governors will debate in person November 30th. Fox News anchor Sean Hannity will moderate. Um, Gavin Newsom's spokesperson told Politico, quote, we've agreed to the debate provided there is no cheering section, no hype videos, or any of the other crutches that DeSantis requested. We want a real political debate, not a circus, unquote. Well, of course it's going to be a circus. (laughs) Gavin Newsom isn't running for anything. What I can't figure out in this whole thing is why would DeSantis agree to this? I mean, what is in it for him? Uh, There is no upside for Ron DeSantis. Um, I mean, he's running for president. Gavin Newsom is running for nothing. (laughs) What is the upside for Ron DeSantis? I I just don't, I'm flabbergasted by this. Now, uh, there is plenty, it's not going to happen until the end of next month. So there is plenty of time for Ron DeSantis to come to his senses and decide that uh, he's not going to do this, and I'm sure they'll be able to come up with a, an excuse that sounds reasonable, but I just can't imagine that uh, Ron DeSantis' campaign people would allow this to happen. There is just, there is no upside uh, to this whatsoever. None. So, anyway, but that's just a bizarre story. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started here. Um, if you're planning your next family vacation or i know we just got out of vacation season and all of that but if you're planning a vacation anytime soon uh the one place you don't want to go the hollywood walk of fame in los angeles has been rated the world's worst tourist attraction the latest ratings um analyzed by google reviews some of the metrics, uh, Google reviews, distance from the airport. In other words, how long you have to travel once you get to a destination to get to the tourist attraction. Uh, tourist safety and TikTok popularity, which is kind of an interesting metric. But anyway, um, the Hollywood Walk of Fame in Los Angeles has been rated the world's worst tourist attraction. Uh, the Grand Bazaar in Turkey and the Taj Mahal in India also received low scores. Um, One visitor writing with respect to the Taj Mahal, it's a bit of a cliche. Once you have seen the photos, there's really nothing else to see. That's um, common complaints about tourist spots included uh, high prices, unpleasant smells, (laughs) hagglers, street vendors, and uh, overcrowding. So those are the... Those are the places to avoid, I guess. Latest list of the world's worst tourist attractions. And the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Walk of Fame is uh, right at the top of the list. And that was kind of interesting. Uh, speaking of tourist uh, things, things that you do um, when you are a tourist, uh, this I thought was really wild. Two tickets for seats at the Ford Theater where Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, have sold at auction. Now, of course, Ford Theater is still uh, in business, right? They still host shows. But we're talking about two tickets for the night of the play at which um, Abraham Lincoln was shot. Um, Originally, 
The face value is 75 cents a piece. Tickets were for the play Our American Cousin on April 14, 1865. The night Lincoln was shot. The nation's 16th president would go on, would, uh, would pass away the following morning. Tickets were auctioned off over the weekend in Boston. And again, face value, 75 cents a piece. They went for $262,000. That, that would be a, just an amazing piece of history to have in your possession. Two tickets to uh, our American cousin the night that uh, Lincoln was shot. That is crazy. That was kind of interesting. Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories in your Tuesday morning started here. If you are looking for a job, uh, the industry with the most open jobs in the United States, the restaurant industry, uh, nearly 8% of all job ads in the month of June were for positions in the restaurant industry. Uh, the U.S. in total has 8.8 million job openings. 6.3 million Americans are unemployed. Um, the restaurant industry tends to employ more minority managers than other industries. It says here, making it an attractive prospect for workers of color. If you are w- looking to work abroad, healthcare is hiring the most in Canada, and construction jobs are most in demand in Europe. Um, in South America, top job categories include customer service, information technology, IT, and consulting services. So, if you're looking for work, um, those are the uh, industries, those are the places. That's kind of it. Speaking of work, I saw this story, and it is noteworthy. A new survey of 2,000 adults, uh, 1,000 with disabilities and 1,000 fully able-bodied. So in an even split, those with disabilities report double the amount of workplace discrimination. 57% of Americans with disabilities say that their disability has limited their career. 90% say it's important for employers to value diversity and inclusion. Uh, 43% of all respondents believe that people with disabilities are not given equal opportunities in the workplace. And I guess uh, October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month, which is the reason for the uh, survey. But I thought this was really interesting. I don't have the uh, numbers uh, for those who did not have disabilities and how they responded to those same questions. But I'm guessing, again, it is in uh, it is a question of perception. Uh, you may not realize that you are being discriminatory or uh, not offering opportunities to those with disabilities if you do yourself don't have a disability. Sometimes you just uh, are, are unaware uh, of just how difficult you are making it on your fellow employers or your fellow employees uh, who are disabled. But something to keep in mind, uh, that's just a, a large number, uh, 57% saying that they have, is that what it was? 57% of those with disabilities say that they're Disability has limited their career. And in 2023, that should not be. Really should not. And uh, lastly, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. You remember yesterday we were talking about uh, the crazy Sunday of uh, football. And one of the stories, the Kansas City Chiefs with a big win. um, But the only thing that people could talk about was Taylor Swift being at the game even overshadowed a potential injury to superstar quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He was not asked about his injury in the postgame press conference, 
Nobody wanted to talk about that. They wanted to talk. Everybody wanted to talk about uh, Taylor Swift uh, because she and Travis Kelsey apparently are a thing. They are an item now. And <laughs> it says here, Travis Kelsey's jersey sales are exploding as a result in less than 24 hours after Taylor Swift was seen at the Chiefs game against the Bears. Kelsey was listed as one of the top five selling NFL players jerseys, saw a 400% increase, a 400% increase in in jersey sales. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, just another uh, indication of the power of Taylor Swift. Oh, my. Well, if it doesn't work out, uh, I'm guessing there are probably other NFL players that are lining up to get their piece of the pie. (laughs) Now, that'll be the next big thing. Everybody's got to date Taylor Swift so that they can get in on the action there. There you go. Uh, Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Last year in Akron, 17-year-old Ethan Liming died during an altercation in a parking lot of the I Promise School founded by LeBron James. Yesterday, a jury reached its decision in the case of brothers Tyler and Deshaun Stafford who faced charges. Matt Rascone with ONN's Cleveland affiliate WKYC-TV reports. Tyler was found guilty of assault along with Deshaun Stafford and Deshaun was also found guilty of aggravated assault, but neither was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Deshaun is the one accused of throwing the punch that knocked Ethan Liming out. Deshaun's aggravated assault charge carries a maximum of two years in prison. The misdemeanor assault charge carries six months. Prosecutors say the incident started when Liming and his friends shot at the brothers with water pellet guns. Sentencing will be late next month. COVID tests are free once again. Tracy Townsend with WBNS-TV in Columbus reports. This comes as we've seen an increase in cases. Four tests per household are available to order on covid.gov slash tests. That'll take you to an online form. You can also make a phone call 1-800-232-0233 to request them. I'm Tracy Townsend. Joe Burrow was questionable before last night's game against the L.A. Rams, but he did play, and the Bengals won 19-16, their first win after losing the first two games of the season. For more state news, go to ONNradio.com. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Well, after a more than two-year pandemic-induced moratorium, federal student loan payments are set to restart in October. And if you look at the calendar, October is next week. And while many have expressed concern that this may lead to a spike in the number of student loan defaults, a recent CNET Money report finds a high level of anxiety and uncertainty may put borrowers at risk for financial scams as those payments come due. And this has been less talked about. CNET Money Editor Nick Nwolny is with us uh, this morning. And Nick, obviously, this is going to be a big change in many people's budget. Once you get start to get used to not having to make a payment, it becomes very hard to start making it again. Ask anyone who's paid off a car and then have to has to replace it just a couple of years later. It's really hard to, you know, start those payments up again. And so when people are worried about how they're going to make that payment, they become ripe for the picking. Is that uh, that really is the fear, right? Yeah, what we've seen is that there is a, like a dramatic uptick in 
student loan repayment specific scams, mm-hmm. even over the last few weeks. Um, so we had a stat from monitoring company transaction network services in a two week period in September. There were 350,000 robocalls specifically for student loan repayment. Wow. And it, you know, these scams really thrive on confusion. And the reason there's a lot of confusion right now, it's really, it comes down to three factors. Number one is that consumers are coming off of the payment pause, um, which actually, when you add up all the extensions, it's been over three years since some people have made any payments at all. Yeah. Um, so you have that component. You have a new income-driven repayment plan. The Biden administration rolled out what's called the SAVE plan. Uh, and our survey found 43% of people aren't even sure they're eligible for this plan that would lower their payments. Um, and then another factor is that uh, for some people, their student loan is being sold from one lender to another lender. Mm. Uh, and as that debt gets moved around or gets consolidated. So if that's you, if your lender sold your debt to another lender, you've got another layer of communication wow. on top of that. Um, so, you know, just many borrowers who have not had to think much about their loan mm-hmm. are suddenly getting a lot of communication about their loan. There's a lot of immediate action steps. Um, and so we're seeing scammers try to take advantage of that, trying to pose as the Department of Education, trying to pose as as the student loan provider, the servicer, saying, hey, just give us your financial information. We're going to transfer your debt. Wow. So it's something for consumers to watch out for as they start to repay their loans. So obviously, this is one reason why we have you here with us to clear up a little bit of that confusion. As I understand it, first and foremost, this new SAVE plan, the uh, president's uh, uh, final final attempt for now to provide some relief. And again, that's been very confusing to try and follow all of that, which is not helping the uh, situation. Well-intentioned, perhaps, but it's not helping the situation. What are some of the most important components of that plan, and what does that that all mean for borrowers? Yeah, Biden's SAVE plan is officially rolled out in August. It's an income-driven repayment plan, which many borrowers would be familiar with when you submit your income information and then your student loan payments calculated on that. Um, A couple of the biggest components for people to know about. Number one is that uh, the maximum monthly payment you'll have to make, it previously was set on 10% of your discretionary income. And on this new save plan, it's now 5%. So in layman's terms, it's really going to cut your payment in half, your required payment in half for a lot of borrowers. You just have to be enrolled in that plan, um, which everyone needs to do who's eligible for it in order to be eligible for that. Um, another really, uh, I think the crown jewel of this program um, just kind of solves one of the systemic problems with student loans is that if you're in a situation where you have a lot of student loan debt, you're making your minimum monthly payment. Well, previously, we had these horror stories of people making their payments, making them on time, but their loan was just getting bigger and bigger because of the interest. You know, the interest was greater than the payment. Um, That's true for many other types of loans. So with this program, it's almost like like an interest subsidy has been established. So if you make your monthly payment on time, um, your IDR-based payment, and you are um, you still have interest accruing, and that interest accrual would have been greater than the payment that you made, then that extra interest is just going to get waived. Okay. Um, so in a sense, it's like your your loan payment, your interest is being subsidized if you can't make the payments. Again, yeah. this, you don't get to choose your payment <laughs> right. based on your income, and you have to resubmit your income information every year. But considering that we've got, you know, 
credit card debt is at a record high right now. It was a big year of job layoffs. Mm-hmm. That, you know, inflation's being real pesky. Prices are being real pesky right now. Just to have that extra liquidity, you know, I, I get it that when you pay less on a loan, it's going to take longer to pay the loan off, and you're probably going to pay more interest. I mean, you will pay more interest over time. Um, but that liquidity is going to be really powerful for a lot of Americans right, right now. Uh, you know, one, and, in, one in five borrowers looking at a payment of $500 or more. So it's going to be a big yeah, difference. Yeah, and uh, just to know that it's not going to, that you're your debt is not going to go up, uh, even though you've made all of the payments, uh, provide some peace of mind. Now, as you kind of alluded to, not everybody qualifies for this. What are the uh, qualifications? So for, the, for any income-driven repayment plan, you need to sign up for it and you need to submit your income information. Okay. And then if you are eligible for it, um, how it is calculated is that your required payment. So if you have a federal student loan, your required payment will just be calculated at a maximum of whatever, whatever 10% of your, of your monthly income would be. For some people, you know, they're making too much. And so they, the payment that gets calculated as a result of that, that's the same as if they weren't in the program in the first place. Yeah. But for those who, you know, you know, maybe you're not generating a lot of income or you've had a sudden change of employment, that's certainly a lot of people, um, this year and last year, uh, then it's just good to be aware that, that the program program exists, um, that you can enter it at any time. You can submit your information at any time um, and that it'll end up making a big difference. But yeah, it's just calculated flat on income okay. and you might get a little bit of relief. You might end up getting a lot of their relief just depending on where your income's at. So uh, if somebody is not enrolled or they find out that they are not qualified, again, uh, that is going to add some stress uh, to this uh, repayment restart. And as we were referencing, um, they're going to be, those individuals may be looking for other uh, forms of help and uh you know so that added stress may make them uh you know prime target as a potential scam victim as well so what do borrowers need to know in order to stay safe with this rise of student loan financial scams in general something very helpful to know right off the bat is all the information that you would need the Department of Education has a website for it. It's studentaid.gov slash save. Okay. Um, or even if you're just looking up, you know, save program, just look for, look for the website that is the Department of Education. It's going to be a .gov website. That's going to have, you know, that's just kind of your one pager, your checklist of like, okay, what the heck is this program? Who's it for? How do I start? They've answered all those questions. Um, and I think particularly for the scams, the reason we're seeing such a rise in scams is because people aren't thinking to go to this main source um, or also their loan, you know, their remaining debt has been sold from one lender to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so included in that government website is all of the student loan lenders who have since consolidated. Ah, um, so, you know, if your know. lender isn't in the business of student loans anymore, then that's actually, they're keeping an up-to-date tally of all of that. And so it's nice. There's a, that website that kind of functions like a source of truth where you can always get the more most up-to-date information and the most accurate information. Um, and then as always, just general scammer hygiene, be really wary of disclosing 
financial information over the right. phone, over a robocall, anything like that. Um, all this information that someone's calling you and saying that they need from you, you can also find it online. I personally signed up for the save plan. I was able to get it all done online. I didn't have to talk to anyone. Uh, and so other borrowers are going to be able to do the same if they yeah. want that. And as we were saying just a little bit earlier, just as something of a sidebar here, uh, AI is also making these things easier to pull off and harder to detect too. So again, we really have to be cognizant of uh, all of that with respect to uh, scam artists. And and again, we know this is going to be a potential hardship on people. Uh, in your survey that we referenced a little bit earlier, borrowers, borrowers indicated that there are a lot of things that they are going to be cutting back on as these payments resume. So it will already put a dent in many people's financial well-being or security, which of course is uh, only amplified if you lose money to a scam besides. Talk a little bit about some of the uh, ways to you know, save money, cut spending, and try to be able to work all of this back into your budget after such a, a long pause. Yeah, CNET found that 70% of borrowers expect to adjust their spending habits in some way in order to make space for these student loan repayment purchases. Um, you know, the biggest, the biggest one, 41%, was that 41% were going to cut back on leisure activities. Uh, 37% are going to make fewer impulse purchases. Um, we also had 30% say they're going to spend less during this holiday shopping season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, un, it's awful timing. I'll just be totally honest. It's right. going into the most expensive time of the year. <laughs> and now we're adding this extra debt payment exactly. for millions of Americans. Um, but I think it, it just comes back to like the basics of, of personal finance. So number one, I think if you're eligible for the safe pro- program or if you're not sure you're eligible, go take five or 10 minutes and, and read up on that. Because again, since that discretionary income cap has moved from 10% to 5%, what that means in layman's terms is that uh, for many people, your payment's going to be cut in half, your required payment, or even less. And so that can free up some liquidity. Um, I just think also a good one is make a budget for the forthcoming holiday season, not just for gifts and presents, but also for travel. Um, if you're going to be hosting people mm-hmm. you know, for, for, for dinner, or having them stay over for the holidays or things like that, just go in with a plan. Uh, that way you can stick to it as closely as possible. And then also consider, uh, you know, what we see typically is that in Q1, people tend to pay down a lot of their debt after uh, doing some damage over the holidays. Um, and so even thinking ahead to that, it's like, okay, if I am going to put this on a, on a credit card or, you know, I'm going to finance the, some of the holiday season, you know, what's my plan for paying that off? Again, CNET Money Senior Editor Nick Wolney with us. Nick, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, you remember yesterday we mentioned that artificial intelligence is already so prevalent that many of us interact with AI on a daily basis without even realizing it. Now, for all of the good that it can do, it is also giving scammers and hackers a massive boost in the ways that they are able to pull off their scams. Consumer Tech Life columnist Jennifer Jolly is here with more. And uh, Jen, what are the, the, latest, the latest scams out there that are uh, either powered by or enhanced by artificial intelligence? I know we don't have time for a comprehensive list necessarily, but give us some examples here. Oh my gosh, there are so many of these new AI-aided cyber scams coming at us. I feel a little bit like Keanu Reeves' character in The Matrix, you know, when he's dodging <laughs> all those bullets in slow motion. 
I mean, that really is what it's like fending off the dozens of scams coming at us from all angles. We're getting them by email, text message, fake phone calls all over social media these days. Americans get hit with an average of 12 scams, a dozen scams via email, text, or social media every single day. Most of these are forms of phishing scams. When they come in via text message, they're called smishing, and two-thirds of people report getting hit this way in the last year, including many who lost thousands of dollars as a result. Yeah. The average person who gets duped loses an average of $1,000 per scam. The most common of these, uh, the you've won a prize message, the text about purchases you didn't make, mm-hmm. the fake misdelivery or problem with delivery notifications, or that Amazon security alert or notifications about messages, you know, about your account. It's everywhere. And McAfee Labs told me that they uncover about 150 new AI scam threats every single minute. And wow. because of social engineering, these, you know, oh, I, you've won a prize. I know that's bogus. Well, not if they know your name, they know where yeah. you shop, where you maybe actually entered a, a drawing recently. That's how AI is making it so much harder to really recognize yeah. a real from a fake. Yeah, they're getting uh, more sophisticated uh, all the time and harder to detect. Well, like we said, one of the things that makes this even more challenging is that people don't always realize that they are I- interacting with AI when it's being used legitimately. So uh, are, are there signs or any red flags at all that can clue you in that, you know, there's a scam uh, afoot here? Yeah, gone are the days of misspellings and weird, you know, email addresses or weird URLs. These scams now create a sense of urgency, like do this now or else. They're really trying to uh, create a sense of fear, uh, trying to get you to real reveal personal information, banking details, social security numbers, passwords, or get you to click on a site or a link that puts malware or ransomware onto your device. So from now on, just a Assume any messages that you get, unsolicited messages, with a sense of urgency is a scam. If you do get a message that you think might actually be from your bank or from Amazon or from Netflix, Mm -hmm. log into those sites away from that message. So, you know, open a new browser, log into that site the way you know how to log into it, or call a phone number, call that business. You know, your bank actually has a phone number you can call. Yeah. Don't call a number that arrives via text mail or email. Just you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Even better, though, add a, an extra layer of software protection across all of your devices. That is becoming a really necessary must-do these days. Yeah, you uh, referenced McAfee, and this I thought was uh, kind of interesting. This is kind of where the plug comes in, but it's really fascinating. You say you can now actually use AI to detect and fight AI-powered scams. Yeah, a whole bunch of tech companies are really trying to get on board with this right now, and McAfee is the latest to add an AI-powered tool to its arsenal against this sort of next-generation cybercrime. Their brand new tool is called AI Scam Protection. It just launched this week, but I've been reviewing it in beta and using it across all of my devices, mobile, laptop, desktop. It scans, analyzes, and either blocks or warns you in real time, instantaneously detecting malicious links. So it stops you before you click on them by sending you an alert text 
or if you do accidentally click on one, it proactively blocks that site from loading. McAfee told me they've already identified and categorized a half billion sites Wow! so far. Yeah, the best part, if you already use McAfee, this is free. It just gets added to your toolbox to fight these scammers. Um, it's also free. You can, anyone, you know, can try it out for a week. Then it starts at about $30 a year or $3 a month, and it works across every platform, every device. Yeah. Talk about turning the tables on the bad guys, using the AI to fight AI. So really interesting there. And I, and I suppose we should also uh, mention this um, because there are so many people who are getting it taken. If you, and it is so easy to fall for this, even if you are uh, being extremely careful, uh, I know I have almost clicked on a, on a link that I shouldn't have from time to time and things like that. If you do find that maybe or you think you have fallen victim uh, to one of these, what do you do? You report that. You report it either to your local law enforcement. You go immediately to your bank and try to stop any payments. If you're shopping online, try to use credit cards where you can reverse charges. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest thing is to block the sender, delete the text, use antivirus protection. Make sure device security is toggled on. But, you know, when it comes to like if you sell, if you send money via Zelle or Venmo, you really can't get that back. So yeah. don't use debit cards and just slow down. Think a little bit. Walk away from your device. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these guys are not, they're not taking over your computer. They're not doing the things that they're trying to make you think they have. Even if you get a voice message or, or a, a phone call and it's, you know, you, your child saying they've been kidnapped, hang up, call their phone back or, mm -hmm. you know, call that person. Yeah. Deal with this the same way you would in the real world by, you know, really calling the people who you know you can trust, calling yeah. law enforcement. It, that's really our only recourse. Yeah, that that urgency and that panic is what they rely on because when we are pressed in that way, we tend not to think logically and sensibly. So very important stuff. Again, Consumer Tech Life columnist Jennifer Jolly this morning talking about beating AI-enhanced scams. And where do we get more information, Jennifer? Well, I've written about this extensively on my website at techish, T-E-C. Com. Jennifer, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I know it's only Tuesday, but we're already looking forward to this coming up this weekend. Make sure you have this circled on your calendar and make sure you bring your appetite. It is the third annual Pizza Lollapalooza to benefit cancer patient services. And who doesn't love a great pizza? In case you missed it, about a week ago on the program, uh, we spoke with Rick Tid and Scott Snap about the Pizza Lollapalooza event. Rick, tell us about uh, everything that's happening. Uh, it's September 30th, right, is the big day? That's correct. September okay. 30th, the doors open at 4 o'clock. Okay. So you can come in and get your tickets for your pizza and desserts. We have inflatables for the kids, face painting, Balloon animals, and we will have some different characters there okay. for the kids to enjoy. 
And um, at six o'clock, we have a <laughs> well, well, you'll be there, so we know there will be characters. <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, that, that kind of goes without saying. But, uh, at at but six no. o'clock, we need some a few more entrants. We have a pizza eating contest. Okay, that's All always right. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many pizza joints are uh, participating this year? As of right now, we have three. Okay, um, always looking for more. Always, I know there are more, more uh, around. So this is your chance to to show off your COVID is still kind of reared it's ugly head yeah, people have issues with um employees and yeah, so forth yeah enough. but uh this is a great event and for a great cause here's what i'm wondering which came first uh, the pizza Lollapalooza part or the cancer patient services part i mean was this we want to do a, a fundraiser for cps why don't we do the the pizza Lollapalooza or we want to have a p- pizza Lollapalooza? who do we do it to benefit i'm Kind of the um, one who started this, and uh-huh. I have served on the board of Cancer Patient Services. Okay. I ran the chili cook-off for three years, right. so it's kind of my favorite charity. <laughs> and I just rounded up a bunch of great people to help mm-hmm. me run this. That's kind of how it got going. So uh, this is all happening, again, September 30th. Uh, where is the event? It's at, at the Hancock County Fairgrounds okay. in the Legacy Building. Okay, the Legacy Building at the, uh, at the Fairgrounds. And uh, what is admission? I'm sorry, there's no cost at all to get in. Really? You can bring your kids out there and have a great time and spend no money. Terrific. Which doesn't help our fundraising. Right. But if you come out and you can buy tickets, that will get you pizza, mm-hmm. great pizza, great desserts, drinks, all those kind of things. Yeah. So uh, you can have as much food or as little food as you like. Correct. Uh, so, but bring your appetite because it is a fundraiser for Cancer Patient Services. Is that one of the things that really got you involved, uh, Scott? Yeah. You know, us at Lone Depot, we're always looking for ways to give back to the community. We appreciate all the support they've given us since we opened up here five years ago. And uh, I think we've all been touched by the terrible disease of cancer. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of near and dear to our heart and an opportunity to give back a little bit to a good cause. And, and of course, you can put back some pizza, too. I can, I've been known to eat a little bit. <laughs> so a perfect, perfect uh, event, perfect tie-in. Um, talk a little bit about, and, and Rick, you, like you said, you've been on the board of Cancer Patient Services for a long time, and why this is such an important uh, event and, and, a, and an important agency to raise money for. Well, it's, it's like Scott said, just about everybody's been touched yeah. by cancer, and the Cancer Patient Services all you have to do is live or work in Hancock County and have a cancer diagnosis. And they provide all kind of support for uh, money to go to chemotherapy and equipment and nutrition. And all of it is a no charge. Yeah. And and one of the things that we've talked about with the folks at CPS in the past is when you get that diagnosis, there are so many uh, expenses, so many things that you don't anticipate. I mean, you know it's going to be expensive to treat. You know that's Absolutely. going in. but. So many other things come up that you don't always expect or, or even know to expect. And they, they also have a patient advocacy there that helps the patients navigate all these issues mm-hmm. and problems. Yeah. So, again, it is a most worthy cause for all the great work that they do. Third annual Pizza Lollapalooza. The date is September 30th, right? September 30th, 4 and o'clock. 4 o'clock at the uh, Hancock County Fairgrounds uh, for, uh, we hope, 
there's still time for for more pizza places to to join in and, and all of that too, right? So if you, there's, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing rumors of some new pizza places trying mm-hmm. to open in Finley. This would be a great oh. opportunity to get out and get your name out there. Absolutely, so. and uh, folks would be able to uh, vote for their favorites, right? Correct. You're going to have uh, pizza eating contest judges and uh, people's choice and all of that. So bragging rights on the line. There you go. We've got a link up for more information at our webpage. You have a, a webpage, Facebook page. Facebook channel. page, Yeah, yes. Facebook page uh, for the uh, Pizza Lollapalooza. So we'll get that linked up uh, on our webpage as well. And again, Scott Snap, Rick Tidd, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks for Thank having you. us. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A Florida man found himself in a bit of a sticky wicket uh, the other day when he dialed police to report a theft related to his illegal marijuana sales operation. Uh, 33-year-old Eric Thomas uh, called to complain that someone had stolen $10 from him during a drug deal. (laughs) He called... The, the authorities to report a theft of some, somebody that he was dealing drugs to. When uh, police arrived, they seized 11 baggies of marijuana totaling in all over 40 grams. A uh, further search turned up two more baggies in his wallet containing cocaine. <laughs> uh, uh, he was charged with uh, two uh, drug-related felonies. <laughs> Apparently, he is uh, well known to uh, local law enforcement. This was not a surprise to local law enforcement. Uh, he actually has a pending case of possession uh, of a controlled substance uh, as well. So, probably, probably shouldn't have called the cops to report a theft uh, during his drug deal. <laughs> Elsewhere in the broken news, this is very wild out of uh, California. Video showing a suspected drunk driver giving police uh, the slip during a 10-mile chase through the streets of Los Angeles. Uh, What makes this rather interesting, and I'm not sure how in the world he was able to give police the slip. He was shirtless driving a golf cart with a dog in his lap. In this chase, 10 mile chase, the shirtless guy uh, on a golf cart with the word security across the front, the dog in his lap. Uh, news helicopters actually were dispatched filming several Los, Los Angeles police, police department squad cars, lights flashing, sirens blaring, following this golf cart late Sunday after it was reported stolen from a shopping center in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> Onlookers can be heard che- can be heard cheering and laughing as the suspect wearing only shorts nonchalantly drove the security cart with his puppy in his lap while being chased through busy city streets uh, including multi-lane main roads at times officers jumped out of their cars to try and grab him uh, just for him to repeatedly evade them even though the golf cart has a top speed of just 19 miles an hour <laughs> And if you were uh, wondering, well, then why didn't they just use spike strips? They actually did. They actually used spike strips without success before the suspect was finally boxed in 
at a 7-Eleven parking lot about 10 miles from where the chase started. (laughs) Oh, I got to see this video. There's video of this. I got to see this. Look this up. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news today, a Virginia man. Now, this is this is crazy. Uh, Virginia man uh, was stopped at Reagan uh, National Airport in Washington. Uh, TSA found a loaded handgun in his carry on luggage. Uh, The man was going through a TSA checkpoint at the uh, airport in Arlington, Virginia last week. When officers found the gun, according to a statement from the TSA, the x-ray unit alerted officers to take a closer look at the man's carry-on, and that's when they located and confiscated the gun. When asked about it, the man blamed his wife, saying she packed his carry-on and he didn't know the gun was inside. That's nice. Throw your wife under the bus. <laughs> Now faces a fine of up to $15,000 for attempting to take a loaded gun past TSA security, past airport security. That's a no-no. He blamed his wife. I don't know. Maybe his wife did do it. Maybe she did it intentionally. Maybe there's something going on in that relationship. She wanted to see him thrown in the slammer. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> throw your wife under the bus. I was alright, my wife packed the bag. Yeah. Um this is from Massachusetts, where a man who is not a dentist was arrested on Friday in connection to an illegal medical office operating in the back of a convenience store. <laughs> Milford, Connecticut. One Munoz allegedly was practicing dentistry without a license. Um, The chief of police, Milford, said uh, he didn't believe that he was trying to uh, intentionally hurt anyone or do a bad job, but uh, he just wasn't licensed (laughs) to practice dentistry. Uh, The report goes on to say that the convenience store, whose owner rented the room to Mr. Munoz, Remains open. The convenience store is, is still open, but they've shut down the backdoor dentistry office. The back of the here's a hint, and this is just you know something to file away for further reference. A good, uh, helpful piece of information. If you're going to a dental office in the back of a convenience store, <laughs> that that might not be the best idea. You might, there might be something fishy going on. If it's just a room in the back of a convenience store, that's where your dentist operates. There might be something fishy going on there. Good rule of thumb to follow. Um, Here's an interesting story out of Florida. Have you ever, now be honest, have you ever um, taken something, borrowed something from your workplace for your own personal use uh, that you fully intend on returning. Maybe you did return it. You did, maybe you did it with your boss's permission, uh, or maybe you just kind of snuck it out of the office, figuring nobody would notice and you'd put it back and you just need uh, to borrow something from the office for personal use for a weekend or something like that. Well, a 25 year old Florida woman borrowed an alligator from her 
employer, now former employer, the Grove Resort and Water Park, <laughs> borrowed an alligator and kept it in a hotel bathtub for a weekend so that she could take birthday photos with it. The uh, animal was found, uh, let's see, earlier this month, Madison Stefan told an officer that she wanted to take pictures with the borrowed alligator. An officer on the scene said the alligator was cold as the water in the tub was uh, was cold. That's not good for, for gators. The animal was returned, and uh, Stefan's now former employer declined to press charges. <laughs> but she is out of a job. I think we've all borrowed something from work for personal use, but borrowing an alligator, that's where you kind of draw the line. No, 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 it's... it's and a couple of other items uh, here. Another animal story in the uh, broken news. And this is another uh, marijuana story, as it turns out. A flock of sheep in Greece made their way into a greenhouse growing medicinal marijuana and helped themselves to over 600 pounds of cannabis. 600 pounds. The owner of the greenhouse, Giannis Barunas, said the crop had already suffered due to heat and flooding, and now he's been wiped out as the che- as the sheep munched their way through what was left of his crop and made quite a scene. He said the an- he said the animals were jumping higher than goats after their stolen snack. <laughs> the sheep were feeling pretty good after helping themselves to his marijuana crop. Six hundred pounds of pot. And finally, in the broken news this morning, this is a crazy story out of Italy where a lawyer who used voodoo in an attempt to kill a client has been convicted, even though there's no proof that voodoo magic can actually kill a person. Barbara Raimondo was sentenced to 18 months probation for using a voodoo witch to perform black magic against an elderly family uh, that uh, where she stood to inherit uh, the uh, family's house uh, when, I guess, the head of the family passed away. Uh, she stood to inherit her house, and um, she, she wanted the woman out of the way. So she hired a voodoo witch or voodoo shaman or whatever you call it i'm not sure anyway tried to put a curse on the the italian penal code allows for the conviction of impossible crimes ms romando's lawyer will appeal this decision my client believes in sorceresses sorceresses but we believe that in the appeal the accusation will be dismissed in addition to the voodoo charge she was also found guilty of embezzlement, so there is that that she has to deal with. But that's crazy. You can actually, in Italy, be accused and, and convicted of attempted murder by trying to cast a voodoo uh, spell on someone, even though there's no proof that voodoo actually works. So that's crazy. I had no idea. Kind of interesting. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. 
When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. The folks AAA, the American Automobile Association, are out with their latest Your Driving Costs study. Apparently, they do this every couple of years, and uh, it is basically a big spreadsheet which breaks down the average yearly cost of owning, maintaining, and driving a vehicle uh, for, and they and they do it for categories for 10,000 miles a year, 15,000 miles a year, 20,000 miles a year, depending on how much you drive, obviously will play into the uh, average cost. So uh, looking at the middle column, the 15,000 mile a year uh, breakdown of vehicle costs, uh, according to the uh, study, it costs an average of $12,182 every year to operate, uh, own, maintain, uh, fuel up, and drive your vehicle. Uh, that breaks down to a little over $1,000 every month to drive for five years at 15,000 miles a year based on today's costs. Um and by the way, that does include uh, payment. Earlier this month, Experian Automotive Research said the average monthly car payment is now $729 for a new vehicle, $528 a month for a used car. Um, and of course, auto insurance rates are uh, going up and gas prices are going up. In case you wonder, uh, yes, it is uh, quite a bit higher in twenty uh, than previous surveys. In 2021, the annual cost was uh, just under $9,700. And in 2019, uh, your driving costs came to an annual outlay of uh, just under $9,300. So from 2019, and that was a 5% bump over the previous calculation. So really interesting that the cost of owning and driving and maintaining a vehicle has gone from just under $9,300 in 2019 to over $12,000 in 2023. So the course of, what, four years, that's quite a jump. Michelle Rumschlag is here from the Hancock Park District talking about October programs, events, activities, and so on in the parks. And I noticed yesterday already starting to see some of the leaves change. Oh, it's really, I think it's happening fast. So normally early September, like the yellows come first. And then I feel like we're getting into almost like this is what it looks like in mid-October. Right. It seems faster. So I I, I don't know if it's with the the dry early summer we had. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and it's good color. Sometimes you get muted. You know, like two years ago, it was kind of muted. Last year was beautiful. So it just, usually the oranges, the reds take a little while. And Mm -hmm. it's like, 
I mean, fall was Saturday. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. all of a sudden, boom, hello, boom. light I switch. Just, I yes. noticed it yesterday as I was uh, as I was driving yesterday. I was out uh, driving around, and, yes. and uh, you know, it just caught my eye. It struck me that already we're ste- we're seeing. I mean, it is late September. We're almost October, right? Uh, so I still think it's early for those, it, but, right? And not everything, but yes, yeah. I, I feel like it's. We don't usually get these colors till a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if peaks can hit us earlier because i usually i I feel like it's like mid-september here um yeah even though it seems like it should be only mid-september it's a word late september sorry mid-october is i think when peak when peak color is for us so i feel like we're already starting to see some of that so i don't know maybe it'll hit early we're already getting the cooler weather too so uh, right oh and that's fine yeah i don't it's it's it's, really nice it is it's beautiful beautiful time to be in the park it's beautiful out yes What's the big highlight for the month of October? Here? Well, speaking of the fall color, um, we have our self-guided fall float trips starting up um, on a couple weekends. And so our regular rentals, of course, closed for the summer season. Um, but starting on Saturday, October 14th, so Saturdays and Sundays through the first weekend in October, so we get or okay. November. So we have four weekends, um, and it's a little different. It starts at 1 o'clock. Um, Again, it's kind of our two-hour float option. Go up river to 568 Bridge and return. But you have to sign up online ahead of time. So okay. it's not like we're just open for rentals. You gotcha. do have to pre-register. Um, so you can do that now. Of course, any programs, um, all that information on HancockParks.com. Um, cost is still the same. You can sign up for a single kayak, which is $10, or for a canoe, which is 20 So kind of double occupancy. Um, and we do have a limited number of canoes and kayaks that we do let out so it's not our our full gamut of boats um you just need to sign up by that friday before so the first weekend you need to sign up by friday the 13th at one o'clock um and that's for the whole weekend so that way staff knows if we've got people um i noticed one of the saturdays or sundays already has a good group of people so they yeah. must uh want to you know are already scheduled to go out so if it's something that you know you're kind of Wanting to do, I would definitely get out there and and get signed up. And for especially that. with this uh, time of the year and the change of the colors, I mean, it's a whole different right. perspective on uh, the colors. Oh yeah, and it'll be beautiful. I I've got an active adult float actually this afternoon, so I hope um, the sun peaks out a little bit. But I am excited to see what yeah. the fall color looks like on the river right now. So definitely, go. if you want to get on the river this fall, um, I would get signed up for that today. Okay, so uh, that is available now. What else is going on in the uh, month of October? Um, so we've got a marbles program coming up for children um, on Thursday, October 5th. And so this is going to take place at the Discovery Center at Oakwood's Nature Preserve. And so this is for kids ages 6 to 10 with an adult. Um, but it's free, no registration at 6 o'clock. And so going to be, it's calling it a throwback Thursday, learning about um, the game of marbles, um, kind of the history of it, the different types. And then we're going to be, of course, playing um marbles out there so that'll be fun it, it'll be fun yeah. yeah um so again so kids ages six to ten um to go out there so you know inside the discovery center little, kind of thing so yeah. just a fun little after school so not ending too late because mm-hmm. you know for those those younger kids um so yeah i think it'll be a fun time little old-fashioned fun there yes. that is uh yes. terrific stuff yep. and uh again is that something that folks need to sign up for no or, it so? nope just kind of okay. show up and you know a lot of them Again, all of our programs are online, so October and November. Okay. Um, you know, limited of ones that do have registration. So some of it's just because of sizing or, or supplies or something. Mm-hmm. And then even then, I don't mind even sure if we have any besides archery that have a cost. So most okay. things are free to the public. Very good. 
you know, and, and different things like that. So, so what else is on the uh, calendar here that we we'll want to make sure that we let folks know about? Well, on Tuesday, October 10th, we're doing a Globe at Night. Um, so this is an international citizen science campaign. So this is something that anybody can get online and kind of do. Um, it highlights different constellations at different times of year. And we go out and do it in the parks. We've done it before at Litzenberg. This time I'm going to do it out in the wetlands area there at Oakwoods. And you're kind of testing the light pollution that's there. So how bright mm. is it with the lights around you? How well can you see those different types of constellations? Mm. So we're going to be looking for Pegasus and Cygnus, which are summer constellations, but still, even though it's fall, still can see in okay. the night sky. Okay. Um, if there's not too much light. If there's not too much light, I mean if there's cloud cover, it just kind of it just kind of depends. That's one of the things that you don't really think about until you stop to really think about. Right. Uh, just I mean if you've ever been out in the the woods away from the city, mm-hmm. the further out you go, the more stars uh, are right. visible and it's just amazing. Right. Um we we live just outside of town and my son was like, "Ooh, and it was orange toward and it was like, "No, that's that's Finley." <laughs> you know, it wasn't like the sunset. <laughs> yeah. It was again if it's if it's cloudier, you get that light reflecting off of it and mm-hmm. you get that kind of orange hue. So yeah. hopefully we'll have clear skies at night. We're meeting at the Discovery Center porch at 8 o'clock. Again, it shouldn't take terribly long. It's it's hiking out there, talking a little bit about the constellations, okay. and then just kind of seeing you know Very what good. stars we can see um, out there. So hopefully, fingers crossed for good weather on that night. And I I can never find the constellations. You know what I I, I used to have a, I actually used to have a book that had all of the you know constellations in the night sky mm-hmm. and where to see them. Yeah. I couldn't see them. I can. There's some of them, like the one I struggle with is Hercules. It's a summertime one. There's not very bright stars. So sometimes, everybody knows the Big Dipper, which is part of Ursa Major. It's the Big Bear. So it's not its own constellation. Orion's another one, and I'm starting to see it. It's a winter constellation. So I was out early in the morning or at some point or later at night. And so that's that's the one everybody asked for. The perfect example is the Dipper. I can see the Dipper. But I can't see the bear that, I mean, it's... It's part of his, like, hip and tail. So you yeah, just have I, to and, look and then going with the right... right and it's starting with one um, that you know. <laughs> and I was the same way. When we, of course, we have a portable planetarium. Mm-hmm. I knew the dipper and that was it. So I took an online course <laughs> and I was laying out in the yard in the wintertime with my map and my red flashlight. <laughs> exactly. And you, and you find one. Okay. Again, Ryan's very yeah. visible. And then you go, okay, this should be over here. Oh, now I see that one. And you get very excited yeah. when you can start seeing ones. Um, I don't know all of it them. It really is fascinating, though. The, oh, it's the constellations just, and the stories that right, were created behind them. And how far these them stars away. Yeah. And some of them, yeah. you're, the light that you're seeing left them like 500 years ago. Yeah. It's just it's just amazing. So yeah. we'll learn about two of those. Um, right? It's kind of like Very take good. time to smell the roses. Go on at night. Mm-hmm. Stop and look. Absolutely. You know, you're letting the dog out or whatever and just kind of right, it also, take all that in. It also really kind of put you in your place in the universe you know what i mean yes you look up into the sky like that and you see all of those stars you really start to realize we are a speck speck in the universe absolutely in the universe absolutely uh so more information about all of these programs uh and more we just scratched the surface on some of the highlights here uh but those are all on the website right right hancockparks.com so october november and then also again um you can also check rental facility availability. So, again, if you've got something for next fall that you want to get scheduled, um, you can definitely, for next end of September, early October, 
get on there and do that too. Very good. We've got the link up at our webpage for more information. Again, Michelle Rumschlag with the Hancock Park District with us this morning, heading into the month of October and celebrating autumn and the change of seasons. And Michelle, thanks very much for dropping right. by. Thanks for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Be sure to visit us online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Hancock County Commissioner William Bateson returned to the job this month from an extended medical absence, but will likely miss more time as he continues his recovery. Should residents be concerned about the work getting done in the interim? So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.